0: Yo, what up? This is D-Knight, and you're listening to the Pardon the Interaction Podcast. got a pocket pardon edition of the podcast for you today. Brush you up on a couple of the major breaking topics over the last few days and, of course, this weekend. But before we get to that, let's give a shout out to our sponsor, Sheets and Giggles, my homie Colin D. McIntosh, who is absolutely dope and fantastic on Threads. If you're on that, give him a follow. He sent us an awesome care package with the most amazing and comfortable high quality sheets on planet Earth. They're so incredible that even Mike Lindell is getting a great night of sleep with a set of sheets from Sheets and Giggles on his bed, even though his company, My Pillow is going broke. <laughs> so do yourself a favor and make sure you grab a set from SheetsAndGiggles.com. And if you want a little discount, we've got some links in the show notes just for that. So make sure you check that out. I'd also like to say thanks to everyone who's newly subscribed to the podcast. Appreciate you so much. You all helped us shoot up to number 13 in politics on the Apple podcast chart. So we appreciate you as well as all of our longtime listeners. Y'all are the best. We appreciate your support. Thank you for tuning in every single week. You all inspire us to get at it every single week and just keep chopping wood. And hopefully we can do our part to help Joe Biden win in 2024. And Fingers crossed we can keep our democracy. Speaking of democracies in turmoil, Israel fell victim to a massive terrorist attack from Hamas operating out of the Gaza Strip over the course of this weekend. There are reports of hundreds of dead Israeli citizens, as well as more than a thousand wounded and an unspecified number of people missing who appear to have been kidnapped uh, by Hamas, including women and children. Uh, A horrific event. I know in terms of numbers, it doesn't quite seem like an event of humongous proportions, Uh, but relative to the U.S. population, this is their 9 11 So it's that serious of an event. Uh, It was a well-orchestrated and coordinated attack with a massive amount of rockets being fired from Gaza into Israel, along with a coordinated naval and land attack that obviously took months of planning and a sophisticated level of coordination, which is surprising given the fact that Gaza is highly monitored and surveilled by Israel and their military. The fact that Hamas was even able to pull this off in the first place suggests a huge uh, counterintelligence failure on part of the Israeli government. Like, I I don't understand. Like, this is the thing, you know, that Netanyahu went all in on, like put all the chips in the middle on the idea that he's the sole person who alone could prevent something like this from happening. It's It's a huge failure on his part and those of his subordinates. Of course, you always have to wonder, uh, given the authoritarian streak he's had here lately in trying to reform the Supreme Court there in such a manner that it has no oversight on his actions. And that maybe the failure was intentional in allowing this to happen and putting Israel in such a dire position uh, that he could use this as an opportunity to consolidate power even further, because obviously he's declared war on Hamas. Uh, and in case you're wondering, because I, I know you're out there listening, like, like I wonder what side D-Knight is on. Is he on the side of Israel or is he on the side of Palestine? Well, for the record, I'm on the side of the people. I am on the side of Israeli citizens and Palestinians alike. It's super cliche, but I'm a man of the people's. I, for one, believe that regardless of the dire situation that some Palestinians are facing in the region, that it doesn't give Hamas the right to terrorize the people of Israel or to attack the citizens or to take hostages or to take innocent lives. Uh, But I'm also not in favor of uh, any level of retaliation on part of the Israeli government that results in the lives lost um, of innocent Palestinians and residents of Gaza. You know, Israel has the absolute right to protect its citizens, but I don't think that should extend to the point where innocent people on the other side fall victim, you know, in an over-escalation on Israel's part. Now, I don't know what side of the conflict that puts me on, but whatever side that is, I feel like it's the right one. But of course, even in the midst of a terrible tragedy, Republicans could not wait to politicize the horrible attack on our allies in Israel and use it as an opportunity to blame Joe Biden, although they had, of course, they had to resort to lies to do so. So there's six billion dollars of Iranian money sitting in a bank uh, that is controlled by the Qataris as a third party that was seized by the United States because of transactions that violated U.S. sanctions and the selling of oil to North Korea. That money was released to a third party in Qatar uh, in order to be spent on humanitarian aid like food and medicine and such, as part of a deal that included a prisoner swap as well. And while in the hands of the Qataris, that money is overseen by the U.S. Treasury Department and can't be dispersed without their sign-off. And to date, zero dollars of that money has been spent. Yet, Republicans couldn't wait, could not wait to insinuate well, outright lie and try to blame Biden by saying that that money was used to fund the attack on Israel. It's a, it's an outright lie, utter bullshit. It was a lie that was so outrageous and bad that even Fox's own Jennifer Griffin refuted it all in the air and called it outright misleading. And I know what you're thinking. Wow, a Fox News host fact-checking Republican lies. Hard to believe. Well, the one thing you got to consider is Fox just recently lost three quarters of a billion dollars in a lawsuit for spreading Trump's lies about Dominion voting machines. uh, And they're currently being sued by Smartmatic as well, who's seeking an even uh, larger settlement. And let's just say Fox News isn't looking to lose as much money to Smartmatic as the United States sees from Iran. And speaking of laying the blame at the feet of the unprepared, uh, you know, we have a drastic situation going on in the Middle East. Uh, one that requires absolute level of clear and concise communication with our allies in the area. I would just like to note That because of Republicans in the Senate, uh, we still don't currently have a confirmed ambassador to Israel. Oh, you say. That's fucking insane, isn't it? Well, not to mention that, but we also, thanks to one senator from Alabama, Toby Tuberville, we've also failed to fill a number of vacant, high ranking military positions. And one bonus fact. Because Matt Gates managed to shitpost Kevin McCarthy out of his job as Speaker of the House because there's no confirmed Speaker, we don't even know if the guy who's temporarily holding the job can receive fucking classified intelligence briefings. So yeah, we are unprepared politically, diplomatically, and militarily for a potential war in the Middle East. Refucking publicans are more concerned with owning the lives than running the fucking government. Why anyone ever votes for these people, I have no idea. It's beyond me. And speaking of security failures, i like to point out that Trump was once responsible for compromising an Israeli spy who was attempting to embed with ISIS in 2017 when Trump first got in the White House because he couldn't keep his mouth fucking shut and couldn't wait to spread classified information to the Russians, putting our allies in danger. And of course, you know who the Russians are aligned with. North Korea, China and Iran. And given that Republicans are claiming that Iran is responsible for financing Hamas to the degree uh, that they were capable of. Engaging in this level of coordinated attack on Israel. Well, you know, look, Trump's in bed with Russia. And these motherfuckers are constantly in defense of Russia invading Ukraine. So I can't wait to hear their explanation for why helping to fund Ukraine's military defense against an unlawful invasion of their country is some sort of travesty, but yet sending aid to Israel, you know, who militarily is facing no real threat to their democracy from Hamas. I'm sure they're going to have a perfectly good explanation for that. And speaking of Trump jeopardizing the national security of the United States and our allies, of course, we found out at the end of last week that not only was Trump hoarding classified documents in unsecured locations in Mar-a-Lago, but he was also, after having left office, just randomly sharing classified secrets with other motherfuckers who happen to be able to afford the very expensive price tag of joining his shitty Mar-a-Lago golf club. So allegedly, a couple of months after leaving office in 2021, Trump discussed very sensitive information about U.S. nuclear subs with an Australian billionaire who built his empire out of cardboard boxes. And while that may sound like some sort of absurd joke, I can assure you that much like the attack uh, from Hamas over the course of this weekend, Israel. All right, I'm sorry, that was a bad pun. But of course, I know what you're wondering. Why would a guy who makes cardboard boxes need to know anything about U.S. nuclear submarines? Well the answer is there's absolutely no fucking reason. So how did this even come about you ask? Well, Mr. Lago, uh, the Australian billionaire Anthony Pratt was talking to Trump and he brought up how Australia was looking to purchase some nuclear submarines from the United States. And of course, Trump, who is the most validation-seeking person I've ever seen outside of like a stripper on coke in Vegas, He couldn't wait to take the opportunity to try and show off and brag to this guy uh, in an attempt to look smart and informed, I guess, even though, bro, we you were the president of the fucking United States. You should be far more informed than you are. Um, Couldn't wait to tell this guy about one, the exact number of nuclear warheads that every U.S. nuclear sub is typically fitted to carry as well as the exact range that our subs can reach in proximity to Russian submarines before our subs ping on their radar. Information that is highly, highly fucking valuable to our adversaries. And of course, Trump, when relaying this information to this guy, leaned in very closely as if to appear discreet. Well, Uh, how much discretion was involved in this incident. Apparently, the Australian billionaire proceeded to tell upwards of 45 people about the exact information that was relayed to him by Trump, including uh, not only other foreign nationals, but members of the Australian government, as well as employees that he worked for. And who knows who the fuck else? And there's absolutely no way to know how many people who were president Mar-a-Lago overheard this conversation or overheard this billionaire dipshit spreading the information around to other individuals. And, you know, you can say, hey, who knows the veracity of the information Trump uh, shared with this guy, like how accurate could it possibly be? Well, it was accurate enough Jack Smith's team to tell this dude to shut the fuck up and not tell anybody else. That's how accurate it was. Accurate enough. And I know you're thinking like, well, how important could this be? It's very like the uncertainty of our capabilities is what keeps our adversaries from acting and what keeps our troops safe. I mean, there's a literal saying, a literal saying about this. Loose lips sink ships. Well, Trump's inability to shut the fuck up could literally be out here sinking our subs. My God. Oh, and by the way, if you were wondering, yes, this counts as espionage. Yep, the dissemination of classified information to people who don't have the security clearance to receive it, uh, especially in the case of foreign nationals. Yep, espionage. So, lock's ass up. Hopefully, this meets the statutory threshold for the death penalty. Thank God Trump reinstituted the death by firing squad before he left office, because he's a fucking genius. Of course, Trump hasn't been criminally charged for this, although he probably should, just given the nature of the dissemination. Like, I'm absolutely sure that after learning this information, the intelligence community uh, at the National Security Council had to do a damage assessment of like, what's the potential harm done by this disclosure of classified information? And I am sure that the conclusion they came to is Exceptionally grave and unknowable because this individual told 45 people, there's no telling who those 45 people told and there's also no telling who else Trump told. So at this point, the only thing they can do to be reasonably responsible is to assume that this information has made its way into the hands of our enemies. And there's no telling what else Trump knows that he shared with other people Uh, That should have remained secret because it's highly classified information, especially shit involving our nuclear arsenal. Like, there's no reason for him to talk to this shit about anyone. Like, this is why Biden, upon taking office, revoked Trump's access to daily briefings. There was no reason to share any sort of remotely sensitive information with this guy. Because he can't keep his fucking mouth shut. And that was before Biden knew he had boxes of classified documents sitting there in the fucking bathroom. You know, his skiff at Mar-a-Lago included a toilet and a full bath. Ugh. And it just reminds me, like, the entire reason that Trump managed to get elected in 2016 is because he ran his campaign in its entirety on the platform of build the wall and lock Hillary Clinton up because she was doing her job as secretary of state over email. Like, Oh my God, Hillary Clinton was doing her job over email. So you can't trust her with the nation's secrets. It's beyond insane, beyond insane. And people still fall for his shit. It is remarkable, remarkable level of just rationalizations that people will go through to continue to support this dude even though he does everything that he's ever accused other people of doing it's, it's bonkers beyond wild i don't understand you know at the time i was wondering like if smith's team was aware of this for months and they had already interviewed this guy and a number of the people who we shared this information with why didn't that make it into trump's criminal charges in florida Well, I think one of the reasons is that unlike with the documents that Trump stole and illegally retained, like this was Trump sharing the information verbally and with the documents, there is a special process involved in handling these documents, the SEPA process, uh, where there may be a way that. Even though the documents will be used in evidence of Trump's trial, uh, thanks to the CEPA process, there are methods around disclosing the actual contents of those documents publicly. Uh, And we don't have to get into the specifics of that, but, you know, they can substitute the information in the documents or, you know, use documents of uh, what would be a similar level of classification, but the information contained in those wouldn't be accurate. Or, you know, they could just only allow the jury to see the contents of the documents. There's 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 solutions to that. But for this particular incident, it appears as though if DOJ were to charge him and wanted to prove their case, Pratt would have to testify and he would have to, on the record, relay the information that that he was told by Trump, therefore making it public and therefore further jeopardizing our national security. So maybe that's. That could be the possible reason why it wasn't included as part of the indictment against Trump, even though Pratt will be going uh, on the stand to testify about this incident as a witness as to Trump's recklessness with classified information. And another thing, like if Jack Smith and company have been sitting on this for months, like what else do they know? It's a crazy thing to think about. Like we have absolutely no idea what sort of damning information Jack Smith is sitting on. Because this is fucking incredible. Like, this will put anybody away for a long ass time. Like, we literally just had Jack DeShira uh, indicted on this just a few months ago, and he's being held in pretrial detention. Now, I'm just saying. Now, I know, obviously, like, the likelihood of... Of Trump being held in pre-trial detention. Despite the number of crimes. He continues to commit to this day. The odds are low. But just. I'm just saying like. In terms of disseminating classified information. To foreigners. Like they lock people up for that. Like they don't see the light of the day. <laughs> but pre-trial or not. In Teixeira's case. We might not see him till 2050. That's that's the level Of. Like criminal consequences people tend to deal with in situations like this. Yet somehow Trump continues to skate because he happened to manage to win the office of president and all the legal protections that flow from that. And of course, he decided to announce like a year early that he was running for president in 2024 uh, to try and create conflicts when he was inevitably indicted for a number of crimes. Because the one thing Republicans, especially Trump, understand is that the good guys have to play by the rules, no matter how many times the bad guys break the rules. And if he were to be held in pretrial detention, even rightfully so, uh, he would complain up a shit storm and do his best to sour public sentiment and potentially taint the jury pool as well as if he is convicted After receiving pre-trial detention, he probably appeal that all the way up to the Supreme Court, and because those guys are on some fuckery, if not literally on the payroll of some right-wing billionaire, you never know which way they'll rule, whether it be in favor of law and order, or just to suck Trump off. You never know. Speaking of right-wing Supreme Court fuckery, uh, apparently there is some level of shame that these people will respond to because Clarence Thomas recused himself from a case involving John Eastman and his emails, because who was John Eastman emailing about illegally legally overturned in the 2020 election? Ding, 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 ding. That's right. Jenny Thomas, wife of sitting Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas. And that concludes this episode of Pardon the Insurrection.